So we're, we're, we're in Galatians. We're making a bit of a jump to chapter 5, verse 1. And it's funny how we kind of, the note we ended on in the worship, so God, do I speak about this? And then right at the end, it's like, freedom. Yeah, thank you. Freedom. I want to talk about uh, being powerful and free. And uh, I really believe it's, it's a, what this book of Galatians is about. And, uh, you know, you can't be powerful without being free. You can't be powerful without being free. And you can't be free without being powerful. And uh, I was thinking it was, it's all together. You can't be free without being powerful. And you can't be powerful without being free. They, they, they kind of walk together, these things. And uh, Galatians 5 verse 1 simply says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Huh. It's kind of got, it's like a double dose. It set you free to be free. Don't stand firm there for, and don't submit again to the, the yoke of slavery. And really the whole book is about the different ways that this yoke of slavery can get on you. And the point of a yoke is, it's kind of olden days when people were playing fields, they have oxen, and to pull, pull a plough they'd maybe want two, so they'd yoke them together. And, but the thing with a yoke is you are restricted in your direction. You are pulled in a place and in a, in a direction which you may or may not want to go. You are constrained. You are restricted. And uh, that's what a yoke does. And that's what the yoke of slavery is like. And, and sadly, uh, many of us have lived in a Christian world where that's seen as spiritual. Hey. And, and, and what God's doing in these days is we understand some things about who we are and who he is, is that we're realizing that we're sons and daughters who've been set free for freedom. Hey, and he's saying, don't, don't just get in under that constraining uh, yoke. Uh, <clears throat> it restricts your movement and it restricts your direction. And I, I believe how much freedom we really believe we have is seen in the choices that we actually make. Um, the movement and direction of our lives is affected by the freedom that's happening inside of us. And, and uh, we, just that word burnout came this morning. Often the, the reason we burn out is we're trying to live something outside that we don't have inside. You know, so we show up in church and, uh, and we, we look good and then we go home and we feel bad. And, and actually God's reversing that. He's, he's making us people who live from the inside out. Your inner reality shapes your external Reality. That's the truth. And, and, and so often we kind of perform and then we just get worn out. Performing is exhausting. Whether it's performing at work or performing religiously. And, and, and that's just exhausting and, and ultimately empty and ultimately futile. And, and a friend, I met somebody who was doing a, a really high-powered theological degree up in Aberdeen. He said it's interesting that the the kind of theologically liberal wing which he had to interact with and some of the uh, emerging, emergent churches, different brands of that. He said he never met anybody 
who went into that, he said they're, they're totally unsuccessful at, re, at winning new converts. But actually they're full of people who did get genuinely converted at some point and then got burned out or disillusioned. You know, religion bit them and they bit the dust, but still had some kind of belief and then looked for answers intellectually and ended up in some sort of... So we, we need to... Religion kills you. Religion is a killer. And, and it's sneaky. But thank God... The Holy Spirit's here. That's why we keep inviting him, because the more of him you have, the more freedom you have. Isn't that interesting that the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is religion. <laughs> hard, hard work, bondage, and labor. All those words are not present in that verse, are they? Hallelujah. This is where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Hey, so if there's more of him, there's more freedom. And actually, we're really excited about that. And then, uh, you know, something inside you jumps, even at the word freedom. Is that, isn't that true? It's like, freedom! Yeah! What is it? Oh, have I got it? <laughs> freedom actually is scary. The more freedom we have, the more responsibility we have to take. Hey. As if I'm free, that means no one's controlling me. And if no one's controlling me, I can't blame them for what's going on in my life. <laughs> Do you see that, you know, we like to not be controlled, but actually we like the kind of, you know, Garden of Eden is classic. I want to come on to that in a minute. But, you know, there's, there's Adam and Eve. They have all this power and all this freedom and all this authority to do all this stuff. Just don't eat that tree from that tree. They eat from the tree and then... God does the, the kind of the post-match interview and the woman said it was the serpent, you know serpent doesn't get a look in, the woman says it's the serpent the man says it was the woman you know, nobody's taking responsibility but actually they surrendered their freedom in the garden and, and then wouldn't take responsibility they, they allowed something in that we have been freed from at the cross they allowed a blame shift in that we have been freed from at the cross. I just wonder what would have happened if they took it on the chin that they'd blown it. Rather than shifting the blame, you know, serpent, woman, all that thing that went on there. The story could have well been different. Yeah, God, we blew it. We, 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 we made a mistake. I, I, I shouldn't have eaten. Yeah, the serpent was sneaky, but... I knew and I, I got it wrong. Could have been a different story. But something came in. And actually there's something in us that loves freedom but goes, woo, don't make me responsible. So we're like, I'm free. I want to blame somebody. I'm free. I want to blame somebody. It's that kind of in and out dance. Yeah. We're making choices all the time. I was thinking about beans this morning. Beans. I mean, how free of you in your choice of baked beans? All right, you go to the shelf in a big supermarket. What have you got? You know, got 
you've got multiple brand options and multiple package options, right? Yeah? So you can buy Heinz, top end price, possibly something like Cross and Blackwell or some other branded option. Then you have the supermarket brand expensive version and then you have the smart price beans. You know, with water for sauce. And then you can buy them in four packs or you can even have jars now. You know, resealable jars and all that kind of stuff. So we're making choices every second of every day at all kind of levels. But just, just kind of, just, just how free of you with your bake, with it when it comes to baked beans? Come on. So there you go. You, you were grown. You, you grew up with Heinz. It's like, mom always bought you Heinz because Heinz is is best, and you just can't. There's a better offer on. I mean, you. I, I've read research on baked beans, okay? I used to do the shopping in our house. And I'm, this is just a side of me you don't often see, but I read the research on what came out as the best baked beans. But you know, you can read that and still get... But you're not free because your mum told you Heinz was best. The research tells me something else. Well, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what the research said in, in a minute, but do, do you see what I mean? <laughs> I'm keeping you in suspense. So here we go. He's, he's the, so it's like, yeah, but they're cheaper and they're supposed to be good. But Heinz. Mum always said Heinz. And, and, or, or it could be that you have that slight kind of, yeah, I'll just buy the most expensive because it's got to be the best. So you're not free. Or maybe on a really tight budget and as much as you'd like to buy Anything other than smart price, it's four pack of smart price in the basket. And, you know, add a bit of tomato sauce to thicken the, thicken the sauce. Just a little tip in there from me. <laughs> Just to thicken the sauce up. Smart price tomato sauce, smart price beans equals slightly better beans than you would have had, okay? But, but you may have, so, so you may have a... You, in buying beans, you could be restrained by your history. You could be restrained by your finances. You could be strained by, restrained by your social economic proclivities. You're kind of, well, you know, I'm too posh to buy smart price. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I live in Heinland, I don't buy smart price. <laughs> none of that, none of those things are free. Yeah? The best baked beans when I was doing the shopping were Asda own brand, but not the smart price. They were the best to buy. You know, all surveys suggested, tasting surveys, etc. So they weren't the most expensive, but they were the best. So if you need great baked beans after the meeting, you know where to go. <laughs> what is freedom? What? How free are you? Are you free to go to any supermarket that other brands are available? <laughs> oh dear. We're making all kinds of choices what beans to buy, who to marry. <laughs> Smart price highs. <laughs> I've got own label on that one. Um, 
<laughs> but you're also making choices about there, is, there are deeper choices than baked beans. <laughs> you know, you actually get to choose your values. You can choose your values. You can choose to change your values. You can choose what you believe. You can choose who you worship. Like I was just reading Joshua towards the end of the book. He says, choose this day who you will serve or who you will worship. He believed they got a choice. So like, well, I don't, you know... I'm, I'm not really free in worship. You have a choice. You have a choice where to direct the affections of your life. You're in control of them. The Bible believes, God our Father believes you're in control of you. When it comes to where you point the passions and affections of your life, it's not like, whoa, oh, I just got to worship Man United. Oh, I just got to go after Celtic and Rangers. Uh, I just love the football you're in control of you. Oh, I'm just totally sucked into the latest fashion magazine. You're in control of you. Where your priority, where your affections, you're in control of the choices that you make and what I make about who I think I am. Bible, actually, God's amazing. He really believes we can choose what we think. There's tons of exhortations in the Testament to set your minds up. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's because God believes you're in control of your head. And you don't have to surrender that control to anything else. Because he believes he set you free. If you believe your mind isn't free from other controls, then we need to go back to the cross and know that actually he set you free so you can think the good things. Are, are we making sense here? Huh. But we're making choices in our heads to believe things about our future all the time. How great could it be? The, the sort of visionary reflection of our life, we're choosing to believe, well, I'll never amount to anything. Or, you know, nothing amazing is going to happen with me. I'm just, gonna, I'm, just a, I'm just a steady eddy. I'm just here for the routine. I'm just, I'm just clinging on to the end. Yeah, that's a choice. You, or you can believe, I'm amazing. I'm going to change this world. I'm happening. Look out, Glasgow. That's a choice. You get to choose. God believes you're free to choose what you think, what you believe, who you worship, what your values are that you align yourself with. And if we believe we're not free, we're believing a lie. Because God's given us big freedom. Not small freedom. Christian freedom is more than we are now free to make righteous choices. It's a freedom to reign in life and not be reigned over by life. You. I think you like that one. The cross is so powerful. Broke off the chains of legalism. Broke off the chains of sin's power. 
broke off the enemy's power, that we are free to make big choices with utter abandon and no manipulation from other powers. We're free to, that's why in Romans 5, 17, it says, but as we receive grace, we reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. We've been given, given favor to rule and reign in life, not in heaven, in life. To not be victims, but to be victorious. So often, I know I've lived as a victim where really what I've just been is a volunteer. So a victim doesn't believe they have a choice. A volunteer has a choice. I thought I was a victim. I I didn't have a choice. But the Bible's telling me you have a choice. That makes me a volunteer. If I keep volunteering to think bad things and negative things, if I keep volunteering for religion and restriction and small thinking and hopelessness, then I am a volunteer Let's volunteer for good stuff. It's much more exciting. You're free to volunteer. For heaven's way. For God's heart. So, so here's some of the things that can... And I touched on this in the beans example. Some of the things that sounded silly, but they're the sort of things that restrict the way we think what we're actually free to do. So like, how much money do we have? What does my mom think? Um, or, or what's in my family history or what is my social economic group what's my social stra- strata so, well people who, do, who live where I live or do what I do or work where I do would never do X, Y or Z that's not freedom that's constraining your options you can constrain your options because of your own sense of personal limitation your natural limitation Lots of us are making decisions based on feasibility and likelihood. We have restraints, we have families, we have responsibilities, we have jobs, we have bills to pay, as well as dreams and desires, but there's not a lot of room for them because we're not free, because we're so consumed with all the restraints. Does that tally up with for freedom we've been set free? Question. What's, what's the, what's the, there's, there's a bit like a pool of reflection. There's a lot of inner thoughts that we have, an inner dialogue, an inner tape that runs through our, our mind and soul all the time. We reflect on things constantly, internally, some of which we may never, we may never articulate to others, but they're kind of our inner reality, our inner reflection. And the subtle things that start to get in there, that if we believe it shrinks our world. That makes us think our choices are limited. Can even make us think that even if we have a choice, our decisions are fairly insignificant. It doesn't really matter what choice I make. What impact is that going to have? That's a lie. But it is a feeling and a thought. Because it's based on the lie, which is, I'm not really significant, so my choice isn't going to make any difference. Really. And our enemy wants to shrink us in our own eyes 
So in this pool of reflection, so the person we see that is us just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and the God that we serve gets meaner and meaner and meaner. And even some of the things we can believe about sovereignty limit our options or limit our sense of powerfulness in our making choices. So I believe God is sovereign. I believe he's, all, he's in control of everything. But he's wired the universe in such a way as my choices totally count. It's not a facsimile. It's not a game. What I choose counts. What I pray changes the destiny of the planet. Otherwise, you, too many I've met over, over years, their view of sovereignty is, well, God's in charge, there's nothing I can really do to, you know, it'll all happen in the end. That's fatalism, that's not Christianity. My prayer is, well, God, God's sovereign, it'll all work out, it doesn't matter if I pray. No, he's made it so that if you pray, he'll change. And I don't want to get into the philosophical, well, he knew he was going to change. No, for the way it works out for us, when we pray, he changes. Because he's called us into intimate relationship. And for him, he can square the circle, which is he is sovereign. And we interact with him so that he seems to, he changes stuff. I'll leave that to, that's the mystery of relating to a sovereign God. My responsibility is to work with what he's revealed with me. And he's invited me in to influence him. So many invitations to prayer that says, whatever you ask, I will do for you. And you're like, do you know what you're saying, God? Well, of course he knows what he's saying. Huh, how are we doing? Still alive out there. Thank God for that. By the time we've added up all these sort of ideas about ourselves, what our parents might think, what our boss might think, the bills we have to pay, our circumstances, our restraints, we end up actually not very free. All sorts of things seem to yoke us to them to make us walk their way. And every now and again there's something that bubbles up inside of us. We just like to hang it all and go live in a tent on an island because then we'd be free. I don't think that's freedom either. That's called running away. But, but anybody ever felt like that? Come, come, I have. Not necessarily a tent, something a bit more salubrious than a tent. But I come more of you have felt like, oh, I just want to... Thank you, thank you, Jesus. So Adam and Eve are in, in this incredible situation. Where God says, I've given you this garden and I've given you this planet to rule and cultivate and uh, you're in charge. Hey. That's what he says to them. He says, rule over it. Rule over the fish of the sea. You're, you're the guys in charge. You look like me. I made you like me and I want you to sub- subdue the planet now. Bring order so that my glory covers the earth through you. That was the plan. 
And, and I've already prepared a really nice garden, which you just kind of hang about in, and everything in here is all that you need. Only don't eat from that tree, because uh, could, things could go a bit weird if you do that. Otherwise, we're going to hang out together every morning, we're going to walk in the cool of the day. And I think what they chatted about was, well, how's ruling the planet going then? How, how we tr- how's the transformation going? Yeah? yeah? And, and Adam and Eve were going, wow, we're having great fun. You know, you know, we just developed a whole new section of fruit trees out that way. And, and, and we've got, got plans for this. And, and, you know, we're even thinking of having a baby. And you could just see God going, yay, go for it. Yeah. And then they blow the thing up. So there's the serpent and she's deceiving Eve. and said, go on, eat the fruit, eat the fruit. She's thinking, you know, I'm told not to eat the fruit. The serpent says, fruit's really nice. She thinks, well, ah, what harm? Well, it does. And... As she reaches up, there's no like heavenly polis. There's no blue flashing lights. And then you know, five armed police officers stand in front of the tree with their guns aimed at Eve and say, No way. Now, God gave you the choice, but He didn't really mean it. You eat this, you blow the whole plant. There was no angel swooping down with a sword and hacked her hand off as she just reached up. God put them, the future of the planet in the hands of these two. And when they were about to make a bad choice that affected the universe, not just their personal destiny, but the shape of the universe to come, he goes, okay, I gave you the choice, go take it. He didn't vaporize her just as she was about to. He could have done all of those things. He could have put the tree up a big hill with a big barbed wire fence and five legions of angels with laser beams to keep them out. But he just put the tree in the garden. Because they had a powerful choice. They had an option. And God honored the option. spending a week teaching it basically the cross restored to us all that Adam lost the reformation of the earth is God's daily cool of the day chat with you how's changing the planet going for you today Adam and Eve to make choices with colossal implications and they were free to make them wow I believe that biblical freedom is the release from all restraints bar one which is to love people what your granny thinks or what the mortgage thinks and what your boss thinks and what you need to do for your kids are way way secondary to the ability to choose 
the destiny that God has put over your life. The restraints of law, the restraints of sin, the restraints of life's pressures, the dominating forces of the age we are in, we have been delivered from all of them. If you read Galatians 4, the weak and miserable principles, it calls them, which is what everybody else lives under, we've been freed from them. We don't make decisions based on the same forces and philosophies that everybody else needs to make them. Because we don't have the same people to please and the same restraints on our life. We just don't. The cross went... And demolished all that stuff. You're not under it. You're over it. We're seated in heavenly places. And one of the things that means is no one can build over you. No one can dominate you. You've already chosen who you're serving. You've chosen your connection. It's to him. And he says, great, come and sit with me. You're far above all rule and authority and power. You're reigning in life because you're reigning with him in this life. And self-serving, you know, running off and living in a tent and eating high quality baked beans (laughs) is self-serving, not freedom. And it's actually just feeding the old nature that you've been freed from. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we died to sin. It has no dominion. Sin is about self-serving, self-pleasing, feeding me, my desires. Actually, the cross just, just severed that, killed that. We're free to love. We're actually free to be who God, before creation, created us to be. In his own heart and mind. He made, he made a design of every single one of us. Before he even made the planets. He made you special. He made you beautiful. He made you powerful. He made you significant. He gave you a destiny. And when the cross happened. He set you free again to be exactly that person. And to happen on the planet. And to walk with him. And reform the nations. That's who you're free to be. Not some aberration of yourself, tainted by sin, not constrained by law, but free to be the God representative he designed you to be. I'm getting excited. We're free to be glorious. If we allow our restraints and our weaknesses to define us, and be the main thing we look at in that pool of reflection internally, then we start to lose touch with our true identity as amazing royal sons and daughters who are here to walk with our God to change the world. We're incredibly significant. As soon as I start to believe I'm not significant, I'm starting to believe a lie. Well, what can I do? That's a lie. As we live aware of our true identity, it starts to overwhelm all other, quote, realities that press in on us. Who 
who you think you are is a massive thing and you get to choose who you think you are. I'm going to try and, try and land it with, with some earth it with some illustrations. This is about being free to make powerful choices. I'm trying to pull those two things together. So right here, right now, is the best possible time for you to worship God with all of your heart and everything in you. To pour out all your love on Him in abundance without restraint. There will not be a better moment than now or a better place than here. You don't need to wait for better weather. You don't need to wait to be in a better mood. You don't need to wait for better health or more money or parental approval. Everything has been done so that you and I can pour out all our love and intimate praise in God's joyful presence. Everything's been done. But I get to choose. Do I let the weather, my feelings, my health govern my worship and where I centre my affections or do I let the new reality of who I am mean that right now I'm going to give him everything that I have. I'm free from all those other things that would lock me up and clog me up. Is this making sense yet? God has done the heavy lifting. Yeah, but worship's so tough. Man, he just... Did all the dirties work already? He ripped, the, you know, he got rid of your sin. He ripped the curtain in two. He put you in his presence anyway. I mean, getting in his presence is easy. It's like switching the light on. Yeah. We get to choose. We get to choose. I'm not going to allow my health, my mood, my finances, my my family to govern my worship. Or I am going to allow those things to govern my worship. Which tree are you going to eat from? You get to choose. God thinks you're powerful to choose. God thinks I'm powerful to choose. Am I, am I, am I? Yeah. Yeah. Right here, right now is the best place to start living for God as radically as you always thought you would one day. Right here, right now, this is the best time and the best place to start being as radical as you always thought you would be sometime. There'll never be a better place than this. There'll never be a better time than now to be who you are excited about being sometime. Did you get that? Why is that true? Because the circumstances are never right. You never have enough recognition. You'll never have enough support. You never have enough money. You never have people who understand you. You'll never be well enough. You'll never be smart enough. You'll never be strong enough. You'll never feel emotionally whole enough. Your kids will always be too old, too young, or coming back. Your parents will either not understand, not like what you're doing, or withdraw your support if you do it. 
Those things are all in play in different forms for all of us. If we wait for them to change and be perfect, we will never do what we are called to do. We get to choose to live and eat from a different tree. We get to choose to live to a different rhythm and a different drum. We've been set free from all those weak and miserable principles to live free in the Holy Spirit. To choose glory, to choose freedom, to choose the exciting destiny that every single one of us has been designed for. We're free to do it now. There's not going to be a better time. There's never going to be perfect conditions. In fact, I think it's a proverb in, in the message. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never do anything in Ecclesiastes. And so many Christians are just waiting, waiting, waiting for the day when I have the money or I have the courage or I have somebody who recognises my gift. It's today. Because he has the resources. He recognises you. He calls you. He loves you and he set you free. Now is the best time to do what you're called to do. Oh, I'm preaching myself happy. Right here, right now is the best place to give finances the way you always thought you would. Yeah, but I have this bill and I have this thing and I bet, hey, you're free. Today is the best day to start believing who you really are. Yeah, but I just feel a bit foggy in my head. I just feel a bit low in my spirit. There's never been a better place or a better time than right here and right now. Actually, believe what God has done for you and what He said about you. You get to choose right now to go, Yeah, I am amazing. Yo, He really does love me. There's nobody else has ultimate manipulation over your choices. If you believe that either your emotions or your circumstances or other people are manipulating them more powerfully than you can choose, that's a lie. And you get to choose to believe something different. Hey. Happy days. I believe something's happening in evangelism. In the old days it was like, there was two options. It was like, I'm going to live a holy life. And I'm going to evangelize without words. Do you know that kind of... I'm going to do it without words. One day someone will ask me why I don't steal the paper clips from work. <laughs> and I haven't got a divorce. And I still love my kids. Now that can happen. It's a bit of a slow burn option in my observation. And then there's the other win. So that's the passive option. Then there's the aggressive evangelism option. Which is like the guy on the London Tube with the megaphone going down preaching. The go- Have you ever been in a tube and they've done that? Or, or I've walked across London Bridge and there's a guy walking in the gutter with a megaphone going, Repent because Jesus loves you and your time is at hand. Just anybody who's walking by. And to be honest, that scares the... Out of all of us. <laughs> Apart from some people who just seem to have a gift for doing crazy stuff. And that's kind of evangelism in a lot of people's heads. It's either being crazy which we, and, and sharing the gospel with everybody, which we don't want to do because that's upsetting. Or, well, I'm just going to live my life. I, I believe God's showing us a third option. Love them so much that they'll ask you, why? 
So it's proactive without being aggressive. Just came up with that. We did. If you're listening on the message, just ignore Theresa's comments. <laughs> was actually my genius idea. No, it's not true. It, I'm just pulling together a whole lot of things that God has been saying across the planet. We get to love people radically in our office, in our school, in our university. And that may mean praying for them because they're sick. That may mean that we've noticed what they need and we know how to love them in a special way that communicates that God knows may mean having a word of knowledge. It may mean having a prophecy that doesn't even sound like a prophecy. It may mean just buying them a bunch of flowers. It may mean all host, host, host of ways of expressing radical love. And as we love people, they're going to start asking, why do you, where is this coming from? We get to choose. We're powerful to choose. You're not a victim. You are not a victim. Of circumstances, of small thinking. You're not a victim. You're a son. You're a daughter. Seated in heavenly places with all options open to you and heaven's resources released to you to be who you really called to be. The time to change is now. The time to act is now. It will never get better than today. <laughs>